the Bible Study Podcast, episode 513. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with a look at 1 Samuel 13. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We are skipping over 1 Samuel 12. I told you we would last week. I am true to my word. It is not so much about the kings as it is about Samuel, which is only fair because this is one of two books in the Bible with his name, but different from what we're focusing on right now. And it is Samuel's farewell speech. Farewell, not because he's dying, that's going to happen later on, but because he is kind of handing over the reins there in 1 Samuel 12 to Saul. So Saul serves for a long time. We're going to see that here in 1 Samuel 13 for 42 years, and we catch him when he's 30 years old, when he becomes king, and then we pick up the story sometime later when he himself has a son who is probably around that age. So we've skipped a lot here. And we've skipped, unfortunately, the good years. And so we're about to get into Saul getting into trouble. And when I say getting into trouble, you'll see what I mean. First Samuel 13, Saul was 30 years old when he became king and he reigned over Israel 42 years. Saul chose 300 men from Israel. 2,000 were with him at Michmash in the hill country of Bethel. And a thousand were with Jonathan at Gibeah in Benjamin. The rest of the men he sent back to their homes. Jonathan attacked the Philistine outpost at Geba, and the Philistines heard about it. Then Saul had the trumpet blown throughout the land and said, Let the Hebrews hear. So all Israel heard the news. Saul has attacked the Philistine outpost, and now Israel has become obnoxious to the Philistines. And the people were summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. The Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and soldiers as numerous as the sands on the seashore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Aven. When the Israelites saw the situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and in pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul remained at Gilgal, and the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived, and Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul replied, When I saw the men were scattering, that you did not come at the set time, and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. Now, this is an interesting story because it seems kind of weird because we're going to get into David and David's going to be a good king. But when David screws up, he screws up, it would seem to me, to be bigger than this. David is going to be called forever now a man after God's own heart, and Saul will not be. But so far, we haven't really seen a whole lot other than he's a little impatient. And when I say a little, when you wait seven days... You can't really call somebody completely impatient. 
And it does say that Samuel was supposed to arrive, it seems like, on this day and arrive just a few minutes late. So if Saul had waited just a little longer, it would have been good. But he then takes on the role of priest, which is not a role that is given to him, and does the sacrifice. Now, David will get in trouble later on because he eats the food that is left over for the priests, and that is okay, but this is not. And it seems a little arbitrary. Now, we're going to see more about Saul's heart later and more about Saul and his choices later. So this is the first little glimpse we get that things are not right between Saul and God. And all he does, I mean, offering the burnt offering is a big deal because he's not a priest, but it it seems kind of odd. It seems kind of odd that suddenly Samuel is telling him, that's it, your lineage will not reign in Israel, and God's going to find somebody else. And so far, all we've got is Saul being generally a good king, a lot of silent years, and then this. But this is apparently important to God. Or maybe God sees something in Samuel that the rest of us haven't seen yet. Let's hold that thought until we see something else here. Starting in the verse 23 of this chapter and then continuing on to the next chapter is an interesting episode. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it has to do with Jonathan, the son of Saul, rather than Saul himself. But Jonathan, who is a good man and who is a faithful man, interestingly enough, because God is choosing not to give him the kingship, right? Yet Jonathan does nothing of his own to make that a problem. It's not, Jonathan is not the problem. And so Jonathan and his armor bearer go up when everybody else is afraid and they're falling away. And they basically say, we're going to go on this hill. We're going to see the Philistines. And we're going to say, if they say, stay where you are, we're not going to come to you. We're not going to go. But if they say, come to us, we're going to take that as a sign and we're going to go to them. And they say, come to you. And so Jonathan goes and they fight. And Jonathan and his men cross over and they kill 20 of the Philistines. And so suddenly panic strikes the whole Philistine army. Those in the outposts and the raiding parties and the ground shook because it was a panic sent from God. So all of this started with Jonathan and his armor bearer who were faithful to God. Jonathan says in verse 6, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. And so he knows that God is going to bring the victory not their strength of arms. And so maybe the two of them can do something. And so the two of them do. They start this route, basically, and now God adds to the route. He shakes the ground. The Philistines are running. And Saul says, muster the forces, see who has left. When they did, they find that armor-bearer and Jonathan are not there. They say, bring the ark of God, and they march into battle. Now they march into battle in the total confusion that the Philistines are in. The Philistines are striking with each other with swords. And then it says, the Hebrews who had been previously been with the Philistines and had gone up with their camp and went over to the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan, when all the Israelites who had hidden in the hill country heard the Philistines were on the run, they joined the battle in hot pursuit. And on that day, the Lord saved Israel and the battle moved on. So the interesting thing about that story is that is a story about the faithfulness of Jonathan. Jonathan, who will not become king, and he won't become king because of Saul. Again, because of Saul, not because of Jonathan. There's another story about Saul makes this rather rash decision that anybody who eats before we defeat these people is going to be put to death, not knowing that his son hasn't heard the news and eats some honey because it gives him energy because he's tired from all this fighting. So it's a rash decision. 
but basically the people keep him from killing Jonathan, which he was going to do because he had sworn this thing, which he probably shouldn't have. It was rash. So, but finally get to 1 Samuel 15, the Lord rejects Saul as king. Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you as king. So listen to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came up out of Egypt. Now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women and children and infants, cattle and sheep, camel and donkeys. So Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Talaim, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 from Judah. Saul went to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the ravine. Then he said to the Kenites, go away and leave the Amalekites so that I do not destroy you along with them. For you showed kindness to all the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. So the Kenites moved away from the Amalekites. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur near the eastern border of Egypt. He took Agog, king of the Amalekites, alive and all his people he totally destroyed with the sword. But Saul and the army spared Agog and the best of the sheep and the cattle, the fat calves and lambs, everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak they totally destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel, I regret that I have made Saul king, because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Saul was angry, and he cried out to the Lord all night. Early in the morning Samuel got up and went to meet Saul, but he was told, Saul has gone to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone down to Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, The Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? Saul answered, The soldiers brought them from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. Enough, Samuel said to Saul. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul replied. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribe of Israel? The Lord appointed you king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites, wage war against them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord. Saul said, I went on a mission for the Lord assigned me. I'd completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. And Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much in, as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed is better than the fat of rams, for rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Saul did not obey the word of the Lord. And he had a great cover story here. We did this all so that we could sacrifice them. Maybe true, may not be true, but it wasn't what he was asked to do. And it seems like it probably even wasn't what he intended, as if he could pull one over on God. And that was the problem with Saul. The problem with Saul was that he was half-hearted. That he followed God sometimes very successfully and sometimes not. 
He doesn't even take responsibility. It's what the soldiers did. It's not what I did. The leader has to take responsibility, and Saul does not. Saul thinks, or says, at least, that he has totally carried out the Lord's instructions. But God is not fooled by us. God understood what was in the heart of Saul, even before it was obvious to everyone. Because it'll go downhill from here, but at this point, Samuel turns to leave. Saul catches him by the hem of his robe, and it tours. And Samuel says, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a human being that he should change his mind. We're going to have many more years of Saul as king, but now we've got a problem because he is the king for now, but it's clear that God is going to choose another. And we'll get into that next week. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Hi, friend. Are you stressed? maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of too. Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.